Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we welcome in the Jets general manager, uh, Mike McCagnan, who's kind of been the lost guy here because everyone's piling on the Giants, so he can just kind of go about his business quietly here. So, uh, you know, I don't even know anyone knows you had a draft this year, Mike. Uh, you can actually tell people that you did draft players. I don't think anybody <laughs> I don't think anybody in town even realized you guys did draft a, play, a player or two this year. You guys were actually there. Yes, yes. We did actually have the draft. We actually participated in it, and we got some players we like. So, yeah, yeah, so the town can get a little noisy sometimes, as you know. So uh, tell me, when you got, when you evaluated what made Williams the pick over the other players you considered at the uh, spot in the first round with the third pick? Yeah. You know, and I think, Mike, when you went through the draft this year, I mean, we, we felt really good at three in terms of, you know, we knew there'd be some good players available. Um, you know, obviously you had Bosa, you had Quinnen. Um, you know, we heard a lot of talk about Arizona focusing on a quarterback. And then as it got closer to it, you know, they, there was other names kind of kept popping up, but we always kind of felt they were going to go quarterback. So we figured, um, you know, with Bosa, Quinnen, there was Josh Allen. There was a number of really good players. In fact, uh, you know, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a really good player in Devin White. But there were some really good players in the top of the draft. Um, Quinnen, in particular, we felt really good about. Um, obviously, he kind of burst onto the scene this year uh, with the season he had at Alabama. I think the thing, Mike, we really felt so good about him was obviously, you know, being a very young player. Um, still, we think has a, a lot of upside and potential in him. Um, Terms, I think we just feel he really is just scratching the surface. But when you watch him this year, Mike, I don't know if you had a chance yourself to watch a little tape on him. But um, you know, he obviously plays in a very, very good conference. Um, and through the whole season, uh, we thought he played an extremely high level. No, he really, did. He it was, was, the, it was he, hard he, to find a game he really no, didn't he played play great. very well in. No, so he played uh, great. He, I watched him a lot. He played great. He deserved the awards he won. He's a good kid. I mean, all that. The only question is, was that your greatest need there? And how much, how much was the fall off on a Josh Allen who may have been the player that you might have needed a little more than what Williams brings? Yeah, you know, and I think Mike, you probably you've obviously been around, you know, this for a long time, kind of watching all these teams and what we do. I mean, it's, but when you come to picking a player that high. Um, and we use, you know, again, we're, we're sort of a best player available approach. Now, that doesn't mean we just blindly just take the best player available and, and don't kind of weigh anything else into consideration. When when players are either equal or close in value, um, you know, we feel, you know, that, that you can factor in need for that. But I thought... So it know, wasn't close, in, you're saying? It wasn't close between well, the no, two? I would say there was a, you know, like a lot of things. We felt there was a couple players kind of really close in terms of value at that pick. And we thought there was a, you know, a slight drop off with with uh, Josh. But not, not a, I mean, we liked Josh quite a bit. It wasn't like okay. we did not... But he wasn't of the was, same value as Williams. Yeah, so I think in, in which you kind of come down to it, you sort of, you know, again, you, you don't want to overthink it sometimes. It's, you know, if you feel very strongly about the player, you feel there's a... You know, a, a little more, um, you know, less risk in them in maybe your minds. Um, you just go with the player you feel good about, and I think he's going to be a really good player for us. And I think the other thing, too, Michael, I know everybody focuses on, 
you know, the edge rusher. And, um, you know, we're no different in that area. Like we obviously want to, you know, obviously right. improve our pass rush. But but the other thing is this. I think it's also it's not taking anything away from the ability to generate pressure from the interior part of the Well, of the, the idea too, of right? using your tackles differently now as teams do and trying to get the tackles to get more penetration. I mean, do you see yeah. that being the case with him? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think when you go back and look at some teams that had success in the past, I know the Giants, when they had their Super Bowl run in Baltimore a few years back, I mean, they had really, really good players, you know, on the edge, but also on the interior, too. So I think when you can get, you know, kind of a combination of both, that's that's your perfect world, really. All right. So, I mean, was it a uh, was it a no-brainer with him? I mean, did you guys have him rated as your first? I mean, was he a, was he a higher rated player than Bosa for you guys or no? No, I, I think, and I want to kind of get into you know how we had him rated stack, right. but I would simply say you know we like we like Bosa quite a bit, we like Allen quite a bit, and we thought there were some really good players at the top of the draft when it came down to it. Did you have White in the same grouping? Yeah, White was pretty close. We we actually think he was a you know again maybe you know again in a different position, but um, we thought he was a very good player also. Okay. But I think the um, I mean there's some like I said there are some really good players at the top of the draft we felt very good about and. Um, but no, I think when it came down to it, I think we felt you know Quinnen was just a player we felt um, you know at that point in time was the best player on our board, um, and you know we felt that we was a you know a little bit better than some other players around him, and we felt very good about it. We thought if we you know again got a player of his caliber that he's only going to continue to grow and get better, especially at his age, um, and just very excited about him. Let me ask two things that were uh, said about you guys a million times that the fans heard. Number one, that you guys had a love for Ed Oliver. Is it true? Yeah, we liked it. we liked Oliver quite a bit also. I mean, again, another good prospect and kind of in that mix, in that consideration. Number two, uh, were you looking to trade down? You know, I think what when we're sitting, I think the one thing, Mike, we we didn't have, um, obviously started the day off with, with not a lot of picks, and we, we did try to acquire more picks. Um, I, I don't think it was necessarily we're looking to just get out of the pick. I think when you're sitting there with a pick, you think is is you know pretty valuable. And there were some obviously some teams talking about maybe uh, you know coming up to our pick. We did have conversations with teams, but um, it wasn't that we we're trying to get out of the pick. I think what you try to do, Mike, in these situations is you try to you know sort of put everything on the table and try sure. to figure out what is the best course of action for the team, whether it's to stay. Did there you have opportunities to get out of the pick if you wanted to? You know, I think when 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 all was said and done, we had we had a few calls or a couple teams had called, but there were not really deals that we felt. Basically, there were deals when you went through the trade chart and the valuation process. They weren't really deals that made us feel we wanted to move off the pick. Um, so we decided, you know, we felt very comfortable at that point in time when uh, you know something really didn't present itself of you know kind of a value to make us want to move. We felt very good about just taking the player and moving forward. All right, we're talking with Mike McCagnan. They picked, obviously, Quinn Williams with the third pick, the Alabama star. Um, you didn't pick again then till the 68th player. Uh, I was driving somewhere. I don't remember where I was going, but there was a thing that came out just as the round, second round started that said the Jets were f- feverishly trying to get to the top. It was a report at one of the networks that Jets were trying to feverishly uh, try to get to the top of the second round. Was there any truth to that? Um, well, I think when we're sitting there, so as as the first, you know, the first round went through, and I think a lot of times, Mike, what happens, and and again, you've you've you know been around and probably and then you reassess everything time. and you see yeah, what's and there. It, and it and it's funny. There's this little thing that happens a lot of times when you have a night to sleep on it. So when the draft is, you know, we've we've spread the draft out over three days. So a lot of times, right. teams sit back. They right. sort of hey, let the dust settle. It's Absolutely. Funny. There's not as much. There always tends to be trading like sort of in different spots of the draft. So 
there's really not a lot of times if you, as the first round's wrapping up, there's a few teams try to jump into the end of the first round. And in some cases, like for example, with Baltimore last year, they jump up to get the you know, Lamar Jackson. And, and, the, and the key to that is not only going to maybe a player you like, but it's also the ability to have the four-year contract with a fifth-year option. So you lock in, especially if you're taking a quarterback, you lock him in for a longer period of time. Sure. So as this one kind of wound down, I know the Giants jumped back in to, to get the corner that they obviously liked uh, from Georgia. And so anyway, the first round ends. We sit down, go like every other team. We sit there and look at what's on the board. We knew there was, we knew, and, and one of the things we were actually in, initially intrigued by about moving back out of the third pick was we, we felt very strongly there was some really going to be some really good depth and value at the top half of the second round. And, um, like a lot of teams, we didn't have a you know we didn't have a second round pick. We had given that up in the Sam Darnold trade, which we feel very good about. Like we feel very good. We have a very good young quarterback. We feel has a, a lot of potential. And that's it sure does. Him. So no, so we felt good about having given up the second round pick. But like everything else, you you go back in, you look to see if you have the ammunition. If you can try to get up there, you want to make sure that you're paying what you believe is fair value. Well, was and, there a player uh, you coveted up there? You know, I think there was a few players we thought, um, you know, and I don't really want to name names. You don't have to, but was there a player you coveted? That's all. Was yeah, there, there, was, yeah, there was okay. a few players up there we felt good about. And so we, the report sort of, was accurate. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So, I, And I think sometimes what happens a little bit is you start calling teams and start inquiring about possible trade scenarios and, um, like in this business, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes that may slip out or leak. Yeah, well, out. good. Well, who, I, don't, I, I give the guy credit right now if I can remember who reported it. I don't remember who reported it, but somebody did right there feverishly at the top of the second round, but yeah. it didn't happen. Okay, would, so now, now feverishly, I may, I may, I may not say fever. We were, okay. we were just like you know, because I think it's like this. You look, but there was a guy you liked. Okay, yeah. Can yeah. you tell me what position he played? Uh, again, Mike, I, not I don't, even his position. <laughs> was he offense or defense? <laughs> Uh, actually, there are players on both sides of the ball. Okay. So we, we thought there were some good players. You know, I think really what it is, Mike, what you do I got to figure time. he was either an edge guy or a ta- or an offensive tackle. I would figure one or the other, uh, right? There were some good players. Like, I think there were some good players at both those positions. Um, okay. I think there were some good players, you know, obviously in the secondary too. So it, it's one of those things, I think, Mike, you, you look at it and um, – Again, you, you you try to figure out ways you can help the team, and without you know, again for proper value. Um, but again, it also takes teams that want to move out of those picks, and in some cases, move fairly significantly back. I think sometimes having ammunition. Let, let me ask this question, Mike. It's easier to move up and around. We're talking about Mike McCagan. Let me ask this question: Has the fact that the second round and the first round stands alone now, and the second round is on the second day, has it changed the way people attack the top of the second round? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I definitely think. I so. think and it I, has I, too. I think it has too. So that's all. I th- yeah, I think it's interesting. It's even. It's the same thing. It's funny because we had a pick high in the fourth round, and the same thing happened in the fourth round. And that, that that historically has always been the case. Like the top of the fourth round is always like after everybody sleeps on the second, right. third round, right. they come back, and everybody just starts like. And I think a lot of teams, what they do is they look at their boards. Right. Um, they're sitting there, and they and they suddenly realize, okay, like who do we really like? And of course, that list historically will probably not be a very, very big list, but there'd be guys in there. And then a lot of teams try to like get up, get up, get up and go and go uh, target certain players. Um, and then they start realizing, cause really after three rounds, you take 90 some players off the board, your, yep. your board starts thinning out. So people start realizing, okay, like all these extra picks, if this board gets thin, I may not necessarily have a lot of, you know, maybe 
again, there'd be prospects you like, but there's more risk there later in the draft. So what you do is you package picks and go chase guys. And um, the other interesting thing, Mike, I think you probably really know this, but I don't know if some of the fans, but um, you know, different teams take different strategies. Some teams like to move back and just get a lot of picks, and yep. then they and then they may aggressively turn around and try to package them to move back up. Um, other teams just like, hey, we like quantity over you know. Um, you know, more quantity, more shots, opportunities, depending where they may see the draft, how deep it is. But I think a lot of things, I, I, I will say this, I think a lot of teams now, um, just talking to some of my peers and friends that are other GMs, um, a lot of teams really attack the draft. They go into the draft with like certain guys and pockets of players, and they aggressively throw picks in. You see a lot of future picks go flying around. Um, definitely, definitely go aggressively try to attack back into the uh, other rounds and, and maybe try to come out with a key group of players. Maybe not as many. You know, maybe may start with a lot of picks and end up with a few picks. But there's just different ways people sort of this is all evolved now that people try to attack the draft. All right, let's touch on these other guys, Mike, real quick. Uh, the uh, kid out of Florida taking six. The eighth and the third round, the linebacker. All right, uh, what what did you like about him? Well, you know, when he, uh, he obviously was a junior, it was uh, you know polite, came out. Um, yep. uh, when we first started doing work on him, obviously we we felt very, you know we liked a lot of things about him on tape. He was obviously a very productive player in a in a very good conference, coming off the edge and played against some uh, you know obviously very good players and tackles that. Uh, you know, had a lot of production, not only as a pass rusher, but also causing, you know, fumbles. Um, so when we went through our process with him, I mean, we liked him from, you know, our initial exposure on, on the tape. Um, I think like some players, and this has happened in the past, where they go in and maybe they don't have quite a good of a spring in terms of testing and timing, and some of it can do to, you know, sometimes guys gain weight to try to, you know, be ready for the, the you know, the combine workout. Some guys, um, you know, may have injuries, stuff like that. Um but uh, you know, he kind of you know, we again, he maybe didn't have the, the the spring he ideally wanted. But we really, you know, we saw some things in him. We did quite a bit of research on him. Uh, like a lot of players, there's a risk in them. any player you draft at any point in time in the, in the draft. Um, but we thought there was a lot of potential in him too, and we were kind of excited about the uh, opportunity to kind of get him where we got him. Uh, we think he has a lot of upside and potential as an edge rusher, um, and we think he can kind of potentially fit well with what we have. And like a lot of things, we you know we're trying to try to you know create an environment, a situation for him where we can hopefully help him fulfill his potential, and that's going to be our main focus. And how about Adoga? And Adoga was another one that was it was interesting too because I think it's funny. Every year I've been in the league, I always kind of feel the uh, you know the league as a whole. We we draft much more. Um, I think we draft much more accurately. Um, I think then in years past, I think there's more efficiency in how we draft. So as we went through that process, you know, he's another player that we had liked. Um, you know, we actually, you know, got a chance to see him both in college. Uh, you know, some of our players like Sam have history with him. Uh, we did a lot of work on him also. And we liked him, you know, really I think he was a guy that we always liked uh, as a potential tackle, even though he doesn't have ideal height, but we also felt he had the ability to kind of swing inside the guard if possible, you know, potentially too. But the thing with him I thought we really liked was just his over-athletic ability and feet. He's not, he's a little bit like Kelvin Beecham in a sense that he's not an exceptionally tall tackle, but he has very, very good length. Um, and I think that really helps him to compensate for that. But more importantly, uh, especially going through the film evaluation in the in the in, you know in the fall, but also we got a chance to see him up close at the Senior Bowl, watch his ability to kind of play the left tackle. We thought he had the ability, you know, from an athletic standpoint to to be a very good. And he was a very good pass blocker in college, and we're kind of excited about the, you know having him come in here and compete for one of our tackle spots. And you know, eventually we thought he had the physical ability. And, and, he, you know, and he probably knew your quarterback, right? He knows your quarterback yeah, anyway, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, had a history with Sam, and right. obviously played for him or played with him so but uh no he was the guy we uh you know again late in the third round we we were sitting there and uh you know 
kind of felt good about the opportunity when he kind of came available and, um, you know. All right. Uh, Wesco, the tight end out of West Virginia. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's a kid that um, now we view him as, as a, you know, obviously a tight end. and um, But we refer to him as kind of our Y tight end, which a lot of teams have their Y tight end is usually the tight end that's attached to the line of scrimmage. Yep. As you're aware, Mike, and we call him our, you know, not necessarily just a blocking tight end, but a, but a tight end that can actually go in there and, you know, be on the line of scrimmage blocker. Right. Uh, we thought, um, you know, it's interesting. He played in a college offense that really didn't feature or utilize a tight end. So he obviously lines in the backfield more as a fullback at times, an H-back. So he's asked to do a lot of athletic type blocks and of course being almost 270 pounds he was a guy that as we went through our process he kind of you know a guy that our scouts kind of identified early in the process they liked we actually went down and went to his pro day had a private workout with our coach our tight ends coach with him and brought him into again he was one of our 30 visits we spent a day with him here in new york and liked him quite a bit um you know he's a big he's a big athletic tight end uh, he is actually a pretty good receiver too so he's not just a one-dimensional player um, but in that offense, obviously, they didn't really feature the tight end a lot, but he still managed to catch some balls and, and did some good things in that area. But he's a guy that we liked, and I think it was one of those situations where we're sitting there in the fourth round. I know every you know kind of looks at you know the you know hey where are your needs and stuff like that, but we felt from a value standpoint when we were going to make the pick, he was um, you know better than the players around him, and it was you know in a, in a situation where we felt good about him and, and what he would bring to the table for a fourth round value. We think he has a chance to develop into a starting wide tight end for us, so we're kind of excited about that. And he reminds me a little bit of you know it's funny we went through pro free agency and um, you know watched Nick Boyle from Baltimore who out of Delaware. Um, and we thought there were some similarities to a player like him who obviously, you know, has done a good job for Baltimore. All right, and then you got Cashman out of uh, Minnesota, uh, yeah. and then uh, you took the the, tight, the cornerback who's, uh, you know, a little bit of a roll of the dice. But let's take Cashman first. Yeah, so Cashman was a player that, um, as we kind of got into the fifth round, we were looking at, um, I think really in that point in time, you're kind of looking for players that you think can obviously, you know, have a chance to come in and contribute. He was a player that, uh, you know, was very, you know, very athletic, tested very well at the combine. We watched him on tape. He was a you know great guy from a tangible standpoint. Was a very good special teams player for him also. Um, so you know, it was a guy that uh, you know we liked him as a player. It was probably just at that point in time in the draft. It was a guy we thought you know had good value. Um, we thought he was a you know good chance to come in and be competitive, solid uh, athlete who can play special oh, yeah. teams. Yeah. And okay. So, uh, and sometimes you know when you you know again you, you you try to focus on players you do think have upside and potential, but. Um, you know, when you get into you know those situations, uh, you're obviously trying to find guys that you like as a you know as a, you know, both scouts and coaches. And he was a guy we felt good about. And then gotcha. Austin was in the sixth round. Now that was our that was the sixth round pick was our last pick. Right. Um, you know, and, and there was you know there was you know times we were trying to see if we could move back a little bit and you know acquire extra picks. But that was pretty much where we you know we we you know really didn't have an opportunity to move out of the pick. And uh, and he was a player. That, I mean, there's obviously risk with him. His risk is more from an injury standpoint, right. but. Um, you know, when he did play early in his career, and we were aware of him, obviously being close, you know, in our backyard here at Rutgers, um, and we followed him a little bit, obviously in both 17 and then the brief time he played in 18. And um, you know, really, he's not really, he's still, you know, in the process of recovering from his most recent injury. But we did a lot of work on him, not from our scouts, but also our coaches. Um, and then we involved the doctors a little bit too in terms of their evaluation of him. And we felt, you know, there's a risk there, but we felt good about, you know, for his potential and upside, it was, um, you know, a little, uh, you know, a bit of a risk or a gamble, but we felt that it was a, one we felt good about taking. And if he does convert, come back to some of his previous form and, and it, you know, obviously right now it seems like we felt we feel good he has a chance to do that, 
you know, maybe get a player that has a, you know, a little bit higher ceiling than some of the other players we were looking at in that round. And, of course, we acknowledge the risk, but we also like the player. And, and if he can retain some of his previous form, um, you know, maybe have a chance to come in there and be a big physical corner that can kind of help us from a coverage standpoint. I'm talking about Mike McCagney, the, the Jets general manager. All right. Uh, after that, you go in – go into that crazy hour of free agency <laughs> where you go out and you give 20,000, 25,000, 15,000, 20,000. You got the guys earmarked who at the end want to be free agents. They don't want to get selected. They think they can do better this way. They have guys brokering deals for them. How many guys did you land on? Oh, I think our exact number is about 17. I 17. Wow. Matter. How many yeah. did you give money to? Um, you know, it's interesting. We gave money to quite a few of them, but okay. I don't know if we were, I mean, I think it's the one thing it's when you, when guy, when, when the fans kind of look at the college free agency, you know, it's interesting. The, the signing bonus, the amount of money you can give in signing bonus is capped. So I think it's like 109,000 total this year. So the signing bonuses, you know, in some cases they get kind of competitive in the 20 to 25,000. Right. 000. Yeah. That's a big one. 25 for those guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause it eats up a lot of your space. But yeah. The, the little trickle out of what a lot of teams do now, and this has been sort of a trend recently is they actually, in, you know, they, we guarantee part of the paragraph five, which is their base right. salary that's paid out to them over the course of the season. Yep. Um, and then some of those we found, and it's every year it's been more aggressive, more competitive. And some of those were, you know, some players. And again, we'll f- see what the final numbers are. But we were chasing players that were in the, you know, seventy-five to hundred thousand to one hundred twenty-five thousand range. And, gotcha. Um, I don't know if we had, we've had, you know, we we were pretty aggressive in some of the paragraph five guarantees. And but we got some good little players in the in the group. What's in the? Um, how many people are you allowed to bring to camp to to start this year? Uh, 90. 90, 90 okay. But we, have, we actually have one. Actually, we're going to technically be 91 because we do have one of the international okay. practice roster players, an uh, Australian uh, rugby player that we, we got in. We're kind of, you know, will be a running back for us and kind of excited about him. All right. So uh, so you're ready to, to rock and roll. Let me ask you, there was this report about you having trouble with your owner or having trouble uh, that, that was – now, Mike Lombardi is known to spread a lot of nonsense and also to have an agenda sometimes, but anything going on that we need to know about? No, no. I think I think we're, we're – you know, we had a, a long spring, and, and we're very excited about our free agents we had. I've, you know, worked very well with Adam through this whole process and, you know, excited about working with him going forward. So – so no issues, nothing. Everything's everybody's uh, everybody's on the same page with the Jets right now. Uh, you know, again, Mike, I'm not. You know, I don't like to respond to stuff in the media, but right. like I said, we feel we feel good about uh, our off season at this point in time, and it's not over yet. Hey, this guy still... said you were on thin ice. That's why I brought it up. He said you're on thin ice. Yeah, again, again, Mike, I, I'm not gonna. You know, I don't like to sit here and comment on my job and my job status and situation or stuff in the media. So how's stuff going uh, with the coach? Uh, very good, very good. I really like Adam. Um, you know, they're out there in the field, and I think he's been involved with this whole process, both pro and college, and um, him and his staff, and it's been a very good experience. How's the defensive coordinator doing? He can be a handful. How's he doing? Uh, yeah, I think Greg has been outstanding so far, and okay, I'm very good. excited. You know, it's funny, it even like going out to practice and just kind of like being around him and his staff and, you know, kind of the energy and the tempo. And um, Did you know, know him? Be- Did you know him? Greg personally yes. before no I, I just wonder because now you know that guy has a reputation for being kind of a crazy guy and wild guy and everything has he did that did that worry you at all when when you guys went to hire him or no well I, you know and, and you know in, in the end it was obviously Adam is in charge right. of all hiring all the coaches but I think I think the one thing with Greg is when you, you know, all my my brief time I've been around him I've been very impressed with him not only you know I think he's he's a very cerebral person he definitely he, knows funny. football there's no question yes and when he and, and he also I think when you when you're around him he definitely has a very good idea of like you know 
how he wants to run things, you know, kind of the, the, the culture, the chemistry of the, of the defense. So, again, everything I've been seeing with Greg so far, I've been very excited about, and I'm really excited when we eventually get the pads on to get out there and start practicing. But, um, but you know, so far it's really been, uh, you know, quite enjoyable going out and watching those guys work on defense. All right, thanks very much. Good luck. Thanks, Mike, very much. Appreciate it. All right, anytime, All right, Mike. Mike McCagnan, the general manager of the Jets. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.